Welcome to EDUCAUSE Exchange, where we pose a question to the higher ed IT community and hear advice, anecdotes, best practices, and more. In a recent EDUCAUSE review article titled Digital Ethics in Higher Education 2020, President and CEO John O'Brien defined digital ethics as, quote, doing the right thing at the intersection of technology innovation and accepted social values, close quote. New technologies, especially those that rely on artificial intelligence or data analytics, are exciting, but also present ethical challenges that deserve our attention and our action. So for this episode of Educause Exchange, we asked several IT leaders, how do you address the ethical issues around learning analytics? It is difficult to remind people what predictive analytics is and what it can do. That's Laura Lynn Taylor, Interim Associate Provost for Institutional Effectiveness and Analytics at Ohio University. Her concern with predictive analytics is that it doesn't factor into access. So many times people, especially people that don't work with the data every day, think that data are objective and they're not. They're a complete subjective reflection of our own reality. And our own reality has um, student success gaps with our minoritized students. And so all of our predictive analytics are gonna reflect that. And so you have to be really careful not to get to predicted to fail and have people start to say, well, we shouldn't be providing access to these students. You know, the easiest way for us to increase our completion and graduation rates is to become more selective, but that's not where we need higher education to be uh, uh, as a national goal. Her institution is addressing this by being proactive with providing access. I'm really happy that Ohio University has a very active access mission. We have about uh, a third of first-generation students and, and uh, close to that in Pell students as well. Um, being located in Appalachian, Ohio, we, we really do try to have a local access mission. I think you need to think about using analytics to, to open doors or hold doors open and not to close doors. Robert Carpenter is Associate Provost for Analytics and Institutional Assessment and Deputy CIO for Business Intelligence and Student Success Technologies at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. I mean, the whole point of, of analytics, the way that I see it, is how do you provide support uh, and how do you coordinate that support in the student's interests or in their pursuit of their educational goals? I mean, what we're really using analytics for is you know, identifying students who may need some additional support and then giving them a message that's typically phrased in an empathetic way, not, you know, our predictive model suggests that you may need to go to tutoring, more along the lines of, you know, just checking in with you at the midpoint of the semester, which can be really stressful for a lot of people. Uh, you know, if you feel that you need some support, here are some places that you can go. Carpenter says there's a limit to what analytics can track and predict, and that it's important to remember the blind spots of predictive learning analytics. You can't use analytics to foreclose opportunities. I mean, the tools are just not there. And, and furthermore, analytics is good for understanding sort of the behavior of, of groups more than it's uh, useful for understanding the behavior of an individual within a group. It's an inference about a population parameter. It's not an inference about a person. 
Some students who should succeed, sort of based on the information that's available to us, don't. And some students who you look at and you say, you know, this student is going to have a very difficult time with this pathway, do exceptionally well. And the reason I think that, you know, that the models don't predict accurately is they don't capture things like a student's effort, they don't capture a student's engagement, they don't capture a student's determination. Uh, at UMBC, you know, we, we talk about grit, right? They don't, they don't capture a student's grit and determination. He says that when an institution decides to use analytics to capture extra information about a student's behavior on campus, they must prioritize that student's interest. How engaged is a student on campus? Um, are, they, are they going to extra, extracurricular events? Are they going to the career center? Are they engaged in the life of the campus? So all of those things track, in some cases, behavioral movements on campus. And so what's the appropriate boundary for us to kind of capture that data and use it? Um, and, you know, and I think we need to make sure that we're always the agent of the student. You know, because we, we have the sort of duty to the institution, but when you think about using analytics to support students, you have to, I think, shift your perspective so that you, you know, view yourself as the agent of the student. David Kowalski is Associate Vice President for Institutional Effectiveness and Strategic Innovation at Montgomery County Community College. He says that when looking at predictive analytics, having someone at the table that understands the data and the data structures is essential to ethical implementation. Because a lot of times we're looking at, at information and if we don't have that person at the table, we don't know where that came from exactly or how that was derived. And that can have big implications for, for what we actually do based on that. If we have someone sitting there and saying, well, that data wasn't grabbed in the way you may think it was grabbed, then it doesn't reflect what you think it might reflect based on the labels or how it's being presented. But really, it comes from this. And I think it goes on the opposite end, too. So not only on the data going in, but for people to be knowledgeable of, of the context, it's having people at the table saying, hey, this class is coming up as, as a problematic course for students. And based on what we're seeing here, I have some insight into why that might be because they're actually taking it out of order here. Or um, I've been the designer for that course and I know that that course, the online design is very, very difficult. Um, so that may be one of the reasons, instead of jumping to other assumptions or conclusions based on the data. Yeah. And I think finally just having training, uh, making sure we're not just rolling out analytics to everyone just at once hitting the button and saying now we have analytics but making sure that people have some basic understanding that they're connected to people that they know there's people they can ask questions of uh, and that we check in with them he says that the really important piece of using analytics ethically is taking the time to sit down and have meaningful conversation about the data about what they might do with the insights and what they shouldn't be doing with them so, for example, I'm working with a few faculty right now on a kind of predictive analytics action research project at the college. And they're getting predictive analytics of their students' persistence at the beginning of its term and incorporating that with some interventions and kind of an action research approach where we check in. And one of the things we're talking about is how do we use data like that in a way that doesn't stereotype students but can be used to, to help them. And again, I think it's something where it's not always a clear cut. This is what you do to make sure you don't do, you know, you don't stereotype your students or you don't perceive them negatively and uh, unconscious bias starts playing a role. It's more about sitting down and having a meaningful discourse about it. Like, 
I'm afraid that if I look if I look at this information before I see my students, suddenly I'm going to be perceiving them one way. But what's happened is something totally different. We found out that that faculty oftentimes may use it in the beginning, but they seem to forget it after a certain piece because they learn to know the student, and that takes over. So it, for us in, in this particular project, it's given them a little insight at the beginning, and, and then their own intuition and knowledge takes over. There's also ethical issues on both sides. It is absolutely a moral and ethical issue when we have so many students at our colleges and universities who start a degree and don't finish. They start based on a hope and a promise that this is going to change their life and they end up leaving early with no degree and student debt. That's Educause president and CEO John O'Brien. O'Brien has written an article for Educause Review entitled Digital Ethics in Higher Education 2020. So there's ethics on both sides. There's ethics that say we need all the tools we could possibly have uh, to, to make a difference. But as, as I've also said in the article uh, that you mentioned, Jerry, uh, there, there's, a, there's an awful lot of ethical risk if we just blindly go into this. Uh, we need to be extremely thoughtful. It's really about, it's about a balance and it tips one way or another. And the key is to be attentive and aware that it's a balance and to make sure that's the case. In the end, I believe higher education needs to lead the way. We need to lead the way in the appropriate and, and effective use of data and analytics. And we need to lead the way in attention to digital ethics. After all, we are in the process of influencing and training the entire next generation of folks who are going to build AI applications, work with algorithms and analytics. And so we have a real uh, important obligation and responsibility uh, to make sure they do this work with a balanced sense of ethics uh, involved. Again, that article by John O'Brien is called Digital Ethics in Higher Education 2020. And you can find it at er.educause.edu slash digital ethics. I'm Cherry Bain for Educause. Thanks for listening.